Welcome to this month's episode of the FCA Podcast, an original podcast series produced by the Florida Chiropractic Association. I'm Jennifer Durr, CEO of FCA, and I'm here with today's guest, Dr. Kyle Nebius of Naples, Florida. Dr. Nebius has spent the majority of his career practicing in Naples and is a past president of the Florida Chiropractic Association. He has degrees in pre-hospital and emergency medicine, as well as chiropractic medicine, and is a registered medical examiner for the Department of Transportation. Originally, his practice focused on occupational injuries, and he is the director of industrial loss consultants, providing coverage for over 10,000 lives in Southwest Florida for large employers. He is the author of Corporate Healthcare Florida, used by chiropractic and allopathic physicians for work-related injuries. In recent years, he has become a leading physician educator for our FCA podcast sponsor, Charlotte's Web, on the topic of cannabinoids and their application in a clinical setting. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Nevius. Thank you. We've known each other for quite a few years, I, probably all the 30 years that I've been at FCA, but only recently did I come to know how chiropractic came to be your main profession. You've done some exciting things in your career, and I'd like you to let our listeners know what led you to Florida and what led you into chiropractic. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Jennifer. It's a, it's a pleasure and honor to, to speak to the uh, association and its population, and I feel like they're family, so I'll do my best to uh, make you proud. First things first, I moved to Florida in 1975. I was in high school at the time. My father was a builder and he retired. So that was an involuntary move, but I'm, I'm glad we did. So after I was there, I became adapt to the Florida lifestyle. And I must say it, it captured my heart and my soul and uh, never left except to go to graduate school in Atlanta. In fact, I was one of those envious doctors at, at the last national because all these students were coming in and they were all going to school in Florida, you know, and we didn't have that choice back in the eighties. So Atlanta was the closest, warmest school I could find. And that's where I went. And then when I moved back to Florida, I moved from, I was originally in Clearwater because of my previous occupation. And then uh, I ended up moving to Naples because Naples appealed to me. It was a small town, and I felt that I could grow with a, a smaller town. Awesome. Naples is not such a small town anymore. No, it is not. You're exactly correct. <laughs> I am a native Floridian, and uh, um, I've spent quite a bit of time in Southwest yeah. Florida and watched that area grow incredibly. Beautiful, yeah. but it's busy now. It's very busy. This will be 38 years in practice in Naples, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. What type of therapies do you provide in your clinic other than chiropractic? You know, I don't think that I use any tools that any other chiropractic physician would use. Obviously, we have an interdisciplinary approach, and those chiropractors that have that are in a distinct advantage. But, you know, we use physiotherapy, exercise therapy, work hardening. Of course, we do a lot of occupational drug testing, uh, alcohol testing, either breath or blood or serum. We do uh, FFDs or fit for duty. We do a lot of CDL exams. We have a lot of education that we use for not only the patient, but our corporate clients. We have corporate clients that sign on. They're large employers, and we meet with them each month, review their injuries, try and uh, figure out what went wrong or if the injury was preventable and how we could change that culture at the uh, work level. 
So you have practiced in the workers' comp arena for many years. Mm-hmm. What advice would you have for a DC who might wish to become involved with occupational health in their practice? What should they do to forge relationships that could make that beneficial for them? Well, first I would say they need to be comfortable with the physical therapy, exercise, rehab environment. They need to make themselves significantly aware of the rules, regulations, and the way we go about treating occupational injuries. And this is an unintentional plug, but I wrote a book a few years ago called Corporate Healthcare Florida. And I think if they would consider that book, it would take them um, step by step through those processes. But from a relationship with employer standpoint, I think a lot of chiropractors make the mistake of depending on the insurance companies to refer to them. And that's not the way to go about it. You have to seek out relationships with self-insured, self-administered companies. These are larger companies, not small mom and pop companies. Why? Because they pay the bill. They usually are at a minimum a large deductible company, and they're going to pay the first $50,000 on a claim. So they have skin in the game and they want a physician that they know they can trust, refer to, and a physician that's going to pick up the phone and be timely uh, in their coordination and, and communication. The biggest complaint I hear with new clients, and we just signed a new yachting company on board, is they call and they never hear back from the doctor or the insurance company. So a large self-insured company is the target for physicians. And as you know, the law has been changed now. They can directly contract with large companies for not only occupational care, but if those families that work with those employees need some type of general health care process, then you can provide that too. Awesome. We say that over and over again to our members. Whatever facet of practice you want to get into, it's all about relationships. They're not going to come to you. You have to go to them. That's exactly right. Physicians have a lot to offer. If they're willing to put in that extra effort, make those phone calls after you see the patients, go to the job site, go to the business. My afternoons are booked out of the office because I'm not in the office. I'm at the place of business of the clients that I serve. I'm in meetings with their administrators and HR directors, and we're going on site where the last injury was to see what happened and how we can improve that environment. I'm sure that being so involved with occupational health over the years, you have become quite acquainted with the uh, opioid misuse that's just become an epidemic throughout our state. Did this issue play a part in your exploration of how CBD can be integrated into chiropractic clinics for patients? It, It did. It was opioids. It was ADD, ADHD, generalized pain, and just the the data was overwhelming when I started digging in deeper and diving with how many things we can use CBD for, stress, anxiety, sleep. All you hear since uh, COVID is, oh, the stress level is unbearable. I can't sleep at night. It's just an epidemic. Right. Well, we talked about earlier that you actually have become quite passionate about this and have become an educator to physicians to teach them how to integrate this in their practice. And I'd like to hear just how you ended up doing that and just tell us what anything you want to tell us about what you do. Well, I started researching CBD for friends, patients, and family members 
about seven, eight years ago. And I, like most physicians, could not find a product that worked. And so I was paying for third-party testing out of my pocket. I couldn't find anything that seemed to have the effects that I had been reading about. And a lot of my patients are nurses. So I had great feedback from patients who were also healthcare workers. And so we could speak and understand each other's explanation of what they were or were not feeling. So I was getting frustrated, and then one of our patients came in. She said, I want you to watch the news tomorrow. My granddaughter is on the news. And I said, oh, that's great, you know. And I said, which news station? She said, all of them. I said, you mean all the local? She said, no, all the national. My patient was the grandmother of a little girl named Charlotte. And Charlotte's life was saved by the CBD product called Charlotte's Web. So I think of it as divine intervention because I started using that product and working with that company. And it not only changed my patient's life, it changed my life and my practice. And so any FCA members or any physicians that know me know I'm passionate about CBD and that's why. It is a life-changing experience for both the healthcare provider and the families. And I won't go into detail, but I can certainly do that uh, when I speak at the various conferences. But there's so many important things to discuss about CBD and how effective it is. And we've come a long way, and that was seven years ago. So we've come a long way in those seven years to improve the product, to make it more dependable, to make the whole industry more dependable and safe. We have, by the way, over 250 Florida chiropractic physicians that are now integrating CBD into their practice as a result. And so it is a joy to go to the conferences because these physicians will come up, introduce me to either patients or their own family members whose lives have been changed by CBD. That's good to hear. Great story. Now... We know that, you know, CBD is everywhere. It's, it's in your convenience store. It's everywhere from high dollar to low dollar. That's right. As we both have been taught for decades from our legal counsel at the FCA, don't get into using something in your clinic that you are not very educated on and use within your scope. So tell us what the Florida law says about how you can use CBD in your clinic because you're basically selling it to your patients? Well, that's a great question, Jennifer, because Florida has adopted, as most states, I would say 90% of the states or higher have adopted the federal guidelines. And the federal guidelines say that the product has to have a, a very, very small containment of THC. Now, THC is one of 110 plus constituents of the hemp plant. And I want to be clear, we're talking about hemp, not marijuana here. The reality is, is that many marijuana products have very high levels of THC. CBD products by law can have to have 0.03% or they cannot be used. It has to be burned. And so the Medicinal qualities come from the other cannabinoids, as we refer to them, in the plant. You know, a lot of people are surprised, and as are physicians, to realize that 
our body produces this naturally. I, I always start some of my conferences with a question for the audience. I say, how many of you have CBD in your body right now? And some people won't put their hand up. Some people will. And, will. and then I'll explain, all of you have CBD in your body. Because CBD is made naturally by something called the endocannabinoid system. Okay. And the endocannabinoid system is the second largest autoregulating system in the human body. But unfortunately, we weren't, as physicians, none of us were taught about. And that was a political decision made years ago, but now it's come back to haunt us. So now, for example, Harvard Medical did a study about five years ago and found out that 95% of physicians in practice know nothing about what 50% of their patients are taking. And they were talking about cannabis products. And so the need for education and risk management is so important. It's why I have a job with Charlotte's Web. You know, it's why the FCA was wise enough to bring me on board seven years ago and teach the first physician-led CBD training in America. So it's so important for physicians and healthcare providers to understand what CBD is and what it isn't and differentiate it between the controlled substance that we know as medical marijuana. It has medicinal qualities that some of the most significant pharmaceutical products cannot control. And I'm talking about seizures. There are many patients that their seizures are uncontrolled. Now, I'm not saying all are controlled by CBD, but I've seen case after case where many patients' seizures have been controlled significantly or much improved by the integration of CBD. And that's just one area of research. CBD is probably one of the most researched subjects in the world right now because of all the attention. But it is so important for patients and physicians and healthcare providers to understand what it is and what it isn't. And that's why we provide that education at the FCA. That's why starting this year, I think at the Naples conference, we're going to be teaching the first accredited CEU class on risk management on CBD because it's a significant risk as the Harvard study already brought out. 95% of us don't know what 50% of our patients are taking. And that's, that's a significant risk. So you're saying that it is important for chiropractors, even though obviously you're not dispensing pharmaceuticals, it is important for you also to know what pharmaceuticals your patients might be taking. No question. Absolutely. And the interactions. And if there was ever a food supplement, if you will, for lack of a better term, because we're not allowed to use the term dietary supplement, but if there was ever a place for a natural, plant-grown, organic non-GMO product for patients that could be available through the chiropractor, it would be this. I spent my whole life in chiropractic school and training being told that we are a drugless society and a drugless profession. Well, we are taking a phytocannabinoid from a plant and supplementing our patient's own endocannabinoid system. That is not a foreign chemical made under a laminar flow hood at Big Pharma. It's a naturally occurring in both mammals and plants. And so there's a big difference. Wow. Have you had cases of patients who have been able to transition off some of the other pain medications they're on after oh. being started with CBD? 
well over 50%. And that correlates to national data right now that says over 50% of patients that start on CBD ultimately are able to wean off of their medications for pain, anxiety, stress, and sleep disruption. That's huge. I think that was $65 billion spent last year by patients in North America for those drugs. Not to mention there are no harmful side effects. And there's recent studies that just came out that also said there is no liver damage or liver stress as a result of the use. So those are things that we worried about early on. How does it affect the liver? Okay. So those questions have now been safely answered. And so if there's anything out there that a chiropractic physician could use safely and still be well within the chiropractic premise for being natural healing physicians, it would be CBD. It sounds to me like CBD is a, is just awesome for patients that you have from young to old and, you know, the whole range, very it, versatile product. It is. I mean, we use it for children. We use it for adults. I mean, children with seizures, uh, adults with head injuries, elderly patients recovering from strokes, TIAs, things like that. It's uh, being uh, studied once again by the NFL for CTE, cumulative traumatic encephalopathy. So uh, there's a, just a whole host of possibilities. I think what's important is that those possibilities are limited to data that is supported. And I'd like to, to say something real quick. Physicians that are searching for data, what are their medical, osteopathic, chiropractic, we're all healthcare providers, we're all port of entry providers, go to the realm of caring. The realm of caring is a great, objective, neutral clearinghouse for research on CBD in the United States. And it's co-managed by Johns Hopkins University and has input from Harvard Medical, many other institutions. It's a great research library where physicians and healthcare providers can go and look up white paper research. If the research is posted there, they can be assured that it's credible, dependable research. And that's where they can start on their journey to determine if they want to use CBD in their practice. That's awesome that you brought up Realm of Caring because even just in my community, I was on a community Facebook page and uh, I can't remember what the topic was that day, but someone brought up Realm of Caring and I was like, oh, how exciting that the, you know, the word's getting out. Yeah, no, it's, it's what that Realm of Caring is worldwide. It's run by some very passionate people who have actually had family members whose lives have been changed by CBD. And these are people that have the capability and the knowledge and the education to take that and move it forward. And so they're using their their skills passionately to help move this forward. The day will come when the CBD products will not be available everywhere. They will not be over 3,500 in numbers as, as it is today. There's over 3,500 CBD products out there. It will be narrowed down to a much smaller, more credible and what I would like to think of as pharmaceutical-grade products that are very dependable. I know the, the product I use is tested 35 times before it goes to market, before it's bottled. And if it says 60 milligrams per milliliter on the bottle, I know it's going to have 60 milligrams of CBD. 
how will the the smaller kind of maybe less effective products be weeded out? What will cause that to happen, like you were saying? Well, I mean, there are a lot of requirements. Uh, good manufacturing practices is one. Uh, third-party testing, not all products are truly third-party testing. They have to be three steps away or, or three points of separation. There are ways that they produce the product. I know in our case, we have two national patents, so it's protected and it's going to be reproduced responsibly. But there are many requirements for the safe production of CBD that, quite frankly, some of these smaller companies just aren't going to be able to afford to produce. That makes sense. What other things would you like to to enlighten us about in your uh, world? Well, you touched on the opioid epidemic, and we're not winning that war. I mean, one of the most popular movies right now on Netflix is something called Painkiller, and it talks about how opioids, specifically the pharmaceutical company that brought OxyContin to the market, Purdue Medical, it talks about how they came in. Now, it's not a documentary, but it's very interesting, and I like to watch it with my phone, and I can Google and fact check. I mean, they are very accurate with some of the people that they name in this little series, but it is very eye-opening, and I think everyone should watch it. But people don't realize that 75% of all heroin addicts started honestly by going to their doctor and getting a prescription for opioids. And then after we realized it was too late and these people were addicted, we yanked the rug out from under them and said, um, we're going to limit the amount you can have now. It was too late. Their brain is already rewired. And, and that urge for uh, OxyContin is similar to thirst or maybe even breathing. It, it is very difficult for these people to overcome that challenge. And, and so... These are people that are looked down upon, but the reality is they started off going to their doctor and getting a prescription for opioids. And now because we've yanked the rug out from under them, you know, legislatively, they're still going to have to find that treatment somewhere. And that's important because many opioid rehab programs now start the patient off with CBD. CBD helps decrease that urge or that need in addicts without giving them other heroin additives that was sort of the old school approach. So it's not uncommon to see patients come in for rehab and first thing they get is some type of CBD introduction. The numbers are staggering, but the most recent numbers that I have are 220 people dying each day of overdose, the most common cause of death now for adults under 50 years of age. But yet we still see 500,000 to 750,000 prescriptions for opioids and psychotropic drugs every day. We have some states that have more prescriptions written for opioids than the number of people that live in the state. So there's a system that needs to be overhauled. Oh, yeah. I did watch the painkiller series and you know how they had the little interviews with families who had lost yeah. someone. Yes. And um, my daughter had watched the series with me and she said, mom, I'm so glad when I had, you know, my bad car accident three years ago, oh. I'm just so glad that I listened to you and just knew that I needed to get through this pain in a different way. Because I mean, you leave the emergency room with a two week supply of them. 
And over and over, you see young people, that's all it took. They had wisdom tooth surgery. And well, here's here's some opioids, 10 days, it'll, you know, and then they're hooked. That's right. That's right. It doesn't take much for some people. It just takes two or three days worth of it to show that there is a co-addictive risk there. And I know it's strong. I agree. I thought it was a great tool that they used to put real people in front of you before you watch that next series, because it reminds us that this isn't just a movie. This is real life. These people have lost loved ones, in some cases through no fault of their own. And yet we're still giving out way too many medications like candy. Right. Uh, I wish I had the answer. I don't, but I know that there are a lot of smart people working on it, and I hope and I pray that one day we can turn this thing around because it's literally destroying the cloth that holds this country together. Right. We just need to keep talking about it and not let anyone forget that this is still a problem. That's a real problem. I mean, the huge there, problem. There's pain the problem. that goes along with it. There's mental health issues that go along with it. It's just kind of created a whole tsunami, and we just need to not give up. But I, I agree 100%. And you can even, my father used to say, you're part of the problem, part of the answer. So we have to do, get up in the morning and decide which side we want to be on. Before we close our um, chat today, is there anything that you'd like to say? I'd like to say if anyone has any questions about engaging or entrenching occupational care into their practice or CBD into their practice, don't hesitate. I mean, it's my job to provide support to these previous 250 physicians that I talked about earlier. That's what I do. It's a labor of love. The stories and the the people I've had the pleasure of meeting will stay with me for the rest of my life. So if, if physicians are interested, they can contact me, they can consider buying the book, or if they're interested in the CBD, they can go to my website, either Dr. Kyle Nevius or Dr. Nevius. Either one will get them to the right place. They can call me. My phone number is 239-596-4801. My email is drwkn at AOL.com. I'm the last one on AOL, by the way. Yes, you are. You know, but it's like a it's like your office phone number. You have it for so many years, you don't want to give it up because everybody has it. That's the way they contact. Right. Uh, yeah. But you know, I will uh, talk to anyone at any time, as most people will tell you, about CBD or or anything I can do to to help them move along in their practice. Well, we definitely appreciate you at FCA and the many ways that you serve chiropractic in Florida. CBD is just one area, but anyone who knows you knows that you're a, a very helpful and caring person and always willing to to lend some wisdom or whatever you can do to help others succeed in practice. And we appreciate that. Wow. Thank you, Jeffrey. And coming from you, that's very, very important to me. And uh, I hope that there are many years to come with uh talking with the FCA family. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having you today, Dr. Nevius. Thank you. Pleasure. We will see you in Naples very soon. Okay. See you soon. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of the FCA podcast. Join us each month as we continue our conversation with key voices in the Florida chiropractic community, discussing topics directly impacting everyday practice, the profession, and the importance of staying connected with FCA. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. 
For more information on the Florida Chiropractic Association, visit us online at fcapyro.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.